1: Time now for Soccer City, right here on your home for Louisville City FC, ESPN 680-1057 and the ESPN Louisville app. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Milby and Benton Newman.
2: Welcome in. at Soccer City Thursday evening at 6 o'clock here on ESPN 680-1057. And the ESPN Louisville app. We're here every week at this time on these same stations and on the app as well. Jeff Milby, Benton Newman is across the table from me. And Zach Cantrell is our producer once again. This evening, uh, a very, very busy time as it always is in the middle of summer for both Louisville City and Racing Louisville. This show, of course, is the show where we talk about all things Louisville City and Racing Louisville, all things professional soccer as it pertains to Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Both teams on the road this weekend, so there's no home game to promote until next week, but we're going to promote it anyway. Coming up on... The 10th, Saturday, the 10th, that's Lou City's next home game. They take on Memphis at 8 o'clock at Lynn Family Stadium. LouisCity.com slash tickets for that one or 502 Lou City. $8 student tickets, all you can eat options, all kinds of affordable, great seats to be had uh, for that game. And then the night before that, on June 9th, so back-to-back nights of soccer next weekend at Lynn Family Stadium. Friday, June 9th, Racing Louisville takes on the San Diego Wave. They are led by Alex Morgan. Maybe. One of the most famous soccer players in the world has been for the better part of a decade now. Alex Morgan. She is the leading star for the San Diego Wave. 8 o'clock Friday night, June 9th at Lynn Family Stadium. RacingLoufc.com slash tickets. The phone number is the same. 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y. Like we said for Lou City, $8 student tickets. All-you-can-eat ticket options. Lots of affordable tickets and uh, what should be a really good game between a rising racing Louisville team and a San Diego Wave team that is really quality, as we said, led by Alex Morgan. So that's next weekend, Friday and Saturday night, back-to-back nights of soccer at Lynn Family Stadium that you don't want to miss. This weekend, though, and this week, both teams have been on the road. Uh, Louisville City coming off of a victory over Indy 11. Racing Louisville coming off of a victory over Chicago last night. We will talk about both of those games and preview their games this weekend. Louisville City at Hartford, Racing Louisville at Washington. And also, coming up at 6.20, we are thrilled to have another fantastic guest. That's one of the reasons this show is uh, something you should listen to every week, because we get these kinds of conversations with people within the organization of Racing Louisville and Louisville City. It's Manny Perez, the starting right back for race, uh, for Louisville City. I would say, Benton. The best right back in the USL? Um, I think so, but I probably have a fair bit of bias given that I watch a lot of Louisville City games. But that's my take. We both have purple tinted glasses, but (laughs) he sure is a lot of fun to watch. So Manny Perez calling in at 620. He's our guest for the show today. UPS Jobs text line is open. 437968 to give us your thoughts. Hit us up on Twitter at Soccer City Radio at Jeff Milby. At Purple SDF, since we're going to talk to Manny in the second segment, let's start with Lou City Benton. They're coming off of a big win in the rivalry over Indy Eleven last Saturday. One to nothing was the final score. Wilson Harris, as we just heard on the top of the broadcast, was the goal scorer in that game. And it's a little bit of positive and negative. Benton, here's where I'll go with this. It's the second straight game in which Louisville City had a great, great first half, followed by a lackluster second half. The positive spin on it is that they were able to go up and win this game in Indy, in Indy against a, a good Indy 11 team in front of a hostile crowd. We saw uh, we saw all the photos of how hostile that crowd was online. Um, they were able to hold on to that lead through the second half and come out of there with a win. What was your big takeaway? What was your big impression um, of Lou City's win over Indy?
0: This wasn't the biggest impression, but one thing I did want to comment on is, boy, do we live rent-free in their fans' heads. Really and, do, though. I, I, I got to go to the match, and they were making a lot of, I don't know if you could hear it over the uh, over the broadcast or anything, but they were making a lot of chants related to Little City that I can't repeat on air. Sure. And boy, I mean, like, we don't think about them at all, and they just, I mean...
2: Four-letter words just, starting with F, that's all we need to say. Four-letter words starting with F, followed by Lou City. Uh, quite a bit I mean that just goes to show it's a hostile crowd but you know it's funny that you bring that up I I kind of agree with you I think the rivalry is bigger for Indy than it is for Louisville doesn't mean it's not big for Louisville doesn't mean the Louisville fans don't enjoy beating Indy don't enjoy seeing Indy but I think the Indy fans have a bigger chip on their shoulder when it comes to Louisville for for a few reasons I would think right
0: yeah yeah no I absolutely agree with that and I think the biggest reason why it's a little I mean they care about a little bit more than us currently is that they honestly haven't been all that relevant the last two seasons. I mean, really since hoping it was goal in 2019, they've just kind of been in a bit of a rut, if you will. And yeah, sure. They've gotten the better of us. Like when you look at the full Louisville, Indianapolis proximity association football contest, I got it. this. Time. You did.
2: You got it this time.
0: Um, they might've gotten the better of us within the, those, those challenges kind of won the, the, the little barrel trophy.
2: Sure. Last, but, yeah. They, they currently retain the barrel. Yes.
0: But, they've not been in the playoffs so it really just dampens it's like oh crap it's a loss to a rival and i'll put an asterisk by it because again like it's it doesn't the fire isn't that strong enough right now for them it is they're right. they're punching up for us it's punching down we should be beating them now whenever they become a lot better and more relevant things will heat back up but right now we're not quite there they have a lot of talented players they certainly could uh, be contenders but um but right now still uh Far as not burning is hot for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm with you, and I think Louisville City fans are with you as well. It's interesting that that's how it's turned out because I can remember way back in 2015 when Indy was technically a league above Louisville City, and they went up there in the U.S. Open Cup and upset them, and it was such a big win early on in that early history of Louisville City. Tables have turned uh, significantly, and I, it, it, Indy is the little brother. If if it's a brotherhood, Indy is the little, little brother.
0: Yeah, I mean, rivalries certainly have their ups and downs. You can look at, like, UK and UofL athletics and the and the different teams there, and sometimes they just, sure, the rivalry is still there, but sometimes it's just not as strong when sure. one team's not as competitive as the other So it'll get back there. Not worried about it long term, but right now they're not the uh, biggest threat in my mind. If you, if I had to pick a team that's, I don't want to say scares me the most, but I'd say the biggest rivals for us right now, is got you You got to look at a team like Tampa. It's Tampa Bay. Like it's
2: Tampa Bay 100%. They, they are consistently, I mean, the number of times they've met in the playoffs in huge games, uh, there's just built-in animosity there between the teams on the field themselves and now the fan bases because they've, they've dealt each other such heartbreak over the years uh, both ways now in the Eastern Conference final and in the playoffs over the years. And by the way, just briefly, I was looking at the standings earlier today, as setting up for another another important Lew City-Tampa Bay rivalry this year because Tampa Bay, after a slow start, they've won five straight games. So they're back in the hunt, back in second place uh, in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, they certainly picked it up.
2: But but back to Indy and back to that game, uh, as you point out, Indy has more on the line in the rivalry. Their fans are more fired up for the rivalry. Uh, they had a good crowd on hand for that game a, and a loud supporter section behind the goal that Louisville City was attacking in the first half. So it just makes the win all that more significant. The Louisville City was able to go on the road before a legitimately hostile crowd, which you don't all, all, don't always get in the USL. Let's just be honest. Yep. Sometimes, you know, this weekend, there may not be that many fans up in Hartford. Uh, Hartford struggles. They play in a, in a relatively uh, unexciting stadium. It's basically a high school football stadium. It's not always the most hostile crowds that Luce goes up against. But this was a legitimately hostile crowd up in Indy, and they were able to get the win. Uh, so here's what Danny Cruz had to say earlier today when he spoke to the media about that victory. Uh, maybe it's not playing. It's it's playing on my computer. Am I potted up in there, Zach? All right, I don't know what's going on maybe with it that.
0: I a good try, but... Oh, I thought it was starting to play for a second. No, it's time not.
2: Time. Uh, anyway, uh,
0: anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I mean, as far as the match goes, I mean... So the goal scoring has, uh, has obviously been, I think a, a widespread concern. Like, I don't think it's just me kind of thinking this creating scoring opportunities, scoring goals. And yeah, we only scored one goal in this one, but ultimately I'm, I'm not worried about those facets because of all the, all the things surrounding this match. Right. So it was short rest. You're playing away on the road against a rival. So going up there and, and inking in, out a, uh, all three points with a goal, I'm not, I'm not too mad about that. Yeah, sure, the second half wasn't nearly as exciting. We were uh, very much, I think, more against the ropes. But um, I think that just goes more to show th- how how cohesive our defensive unit has been. And sometimes that's kind of been hit or miss at times without Josh Widener. Um, but, you know, Sean Toche was looking good. I think Wes Sharpie's very much kind of back to form, if you right, will. Right, after, so coming, after back from, coming back from, from injury. injury. Yep. So I think it was all in all, like, just a, a solid outing. I think Oliver Zemmel had an outstanding game. I think, like, if you look at like a um, site like Mob or anything, I don't know if any of them were categorized as air quotes big saves. But
2: they were, but they but, were significant saves. Yes, I mean, yes, especially I the way the game was going, uh, you know, it was all in favor of Indy in the second half. So when he, he makes a couple of big stops uh, late on to, to keep the lead for Louisville City, I mean, you know, whether it goes down as a big chance in, in air right. quotes, according to the statisticians, it's still an important save. I'm gonna try. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm gonna try this one more time. You got me potted up, Zach. All right, let's try it again. Here we go. No, nope, it. it's not working. All right, let's. I have more trouble with sound than anybody <laughs> on earth. Some, somehow, I'm a radio professional. And I don't know what I'm doing. um
0: But as, as far as like indigos, like yeah, they did get more off shots, and it felt like we were like under like under storm a little bit. When you look at the expected goals value, both teams were under one. So ultimately, I think we did pretty good, kind of limiting the danger of those those opportunities. Yeah, I'd like to see us create a little bit more, but again. Some caveats with that match. These guys are tired. They're playing away from home. Suboptimal pitch is uh you know, absolutely. Dan, yeah, Danny Cruz took a little dig at the um at the, the, the whole pitch situation. Yeah, he
2: his his phrase was it was like playing on sand. Uh, you know, again, it's the it's the artificial turf up there at Indy. We see it all over the league, all over the place in soccer. It's not ideal, especially in soccer, when a, a sport where the ball is on the ground and the quality of the surface is so important to how the game plays out. I mean, like you talk about it in football the artificial surface, and there is a legitimate concern about injuries and knee injuries and whether or not it's safe for players to play on artificial turf, but more or less on football, you don't have to worry about how the ball bounces. You do on, like, punts, you do on kickoffs, onside kicks, you got to worry about how the ball bounces, but more often than not, the ball's, if you're doing it right, the ball's not on the ground, right? If you're being successful in football, the ball's not on the ground. Soccer, the ball is on the ground. You can't avoid how 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 the surface is. You can't avoid if the surface uh, is rolling slowly, and that's how the game was at Indy. I mean, the ball. if you played a ball on the ground, a pass to a teammate, it took like an extra beat to get there. You really had to hit it with, with some weight uh, to get the ball there on the ground, but Louisville City was able to manage all that. I'll, I'll kind of push back on what you were saying, though. Um and, and push back on on the idea, that sound I wanted to play from Danny Cruz. He was saying that he was pleased with the performance, pleased with where they were in the standings, pleased with with the result. And you have to be pleased with the win. But once again, the second half, they were outplayed by their opponents against Tulsa at home in the loss on Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, a week ago yesterday. Uh, they were significantly outplayed in the second half, and they ended up losing the game. Well, not I shouldn't, let me rephrase. They weren't significantly outplayed, but you could argue they were outplayed. It was really even. This game, I don't think was much of an argument. They got outplayed just flat, plain plain and simple in the second half. They only had two shots in the second half, uh, Louisville City, um, after limiting Indy to, I believe it was just one in the first half. So just the way the game completely flipped in Indy's favor is a little bit concerning what is good, what what leads you to be positive about Louisville City is that they were able to grind out a victory professionally, showing resilience, showing resolve, showing that that winning mentality that they have within that group. They were able to come out of there with all three points despite, despite not having their best stuff in the second half.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every half. And I think there's something to be said for their ability to, to grind out that win. They got the lead, and they were able to hang on to it. They are able to weather a storm. Again, short rest. They're a little bit tireder than normal, un- unusual pitch. So I'm a little more, more forgiving in this particular situation of that sure. long term. Yeah, sure. I certainly want to see them controlling the games more, not having that happen as much. And really, I just want them to see them creating and scoring more. Again, longer-standing issue. I know Coach Cruz ultimately in the long term isn't worried about it. Neither am I. I just want to start seeing a turnaround sooner than later.
2: Well, there might be a good opportunity for that coming up uh, on Saturday at Hartford Athletic. They're currently the last place team in the entire USL. They have just eight points, having played 11 games. That's the fewest point to the lowest point total in the entire league, regardless of Eastern or Western Conference. Um, look, playing on the road is always difficult. It's a long trip up to Connecticut to play this game. But if there's going to be a team that you would expect Louisville City to control the game to have, uh, you know, really have a positive performance against, it's the last place team. So hopefully, uh, from a Louisville City perspective, Hopefully we will see them bounce back from a lackluster second half at Indy and just really come out and dominate the game, win by two or three, maybe even four goals on the road. You never know, but Hartford, is they've been bad. Let's just be frank. They've been bad.
0: Oh, I, I agree, and I'm going to level with you. Going into the season, I looked at Hartford. I'm like, I think they're a dark horse to make one of the oh, last wow. few playoff spots, and um, that's, uh, that's a freezing cold take right now. Still time for them to turn around. There but, is time. Uh, I hope they turn around after their matches with us. But uh, they do have Antoine Hopeno, a familiar face. That's right. Little City fans
2: a guy that we just talked about had the big goal over Indy in that Eastern Conference final back in 2019. Um and they've got a great head coach. Tab Ramos is a guy that's been around US soccer for a long time. He's been an assistant at various levels with the national team, even the senior national team. Danny Cruz, Louisville City's head coach, talked about that he knew he knew him from um his time as a U20 player with the US Men's National Team, you know, several years ago uh when when Danny Cruz was an up and coming young player. So he's a guy that's well respected, uh well known throughout US soccer um and he just hasn't had the kind of turnaround he hoped for. He joined the, the club last mid season last season up in Hartford, and just has not been able to have the biggest impact on, on getting them into a winning a winning situation.
0: Yeah, at the time, I thought that was a little bit of a coup for them to. I did to too. Fire him. I, I did think, too. Because I think his last stop before that, he was in Houston. Correct, the MLS, it's, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, Houston Dynamo. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I thought it was a coup as well. I thought it was a great get for them, a great get for the league. Um, just hasn't had it so far. Yeah. So,
0: I will say. They do have they have a huge opportunity. I don't think they've taken advantage of the brass bananas. I have to bring it up every time. Hartford. I Hartford. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so you talked, love the brass bananas. we talking. We've talked a lot about anthems and fun songs yeah. and whatnot. Like and it has a lot of history tied to it with their their old hockey team there. And it's right. Just a fun song and. I'm not going to shut up about it because it's great do, and they should play it every time they score. A do goal. they
2: play it? Well, they haven't scored a ton, no, to, to, to be fair. But uh, do they play it when they score? No,
0: but when Toro- during the COVID years when Toronto this, temporarily yeah. played there, they kind of adopt uh, they you know they they stayed in Hartford and yeah. they used that song as their goal scoring song and it was absolutely electric.
2: I'm I mean I'm with you dude. I, I love I love stuff like that. I love Brass Bonanza. I am 100% in favor. Hartford Athletic if you're listening, if you're trying to get like an advanced scout on Louisville City somehow – play Brass Bonanza as your goal-scoring song. That's our advice to you. Uh, let's take a timeout. Like we mentioned, we are very excited about our guest coming up in a couple of minutes' time, Manny Perez, arguably the best right back in the USL, a guy who may well have a future in Major League Soccer. He's had a past in Major League Soccer. We will talk to him next, uh, next about his career, about his role with Louisville City, a whole bunch of stuff, a good conversation coming up, so stick around. Soccer City is what you're listening to here on ESPN 680, 1057, and the ESPN Louisville app.
1: You're listening to Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman.
2: Welcome back. Soccer City here on a Thursday evening on ESPN 680, 105.7 and the ESPN Louisville app. Talking about Louisville City, the next opportunity you have to see them at home is coming up a week from Saturday. That is June the 10th against Memphis. 8 o'clock kickoff for that game, lucity.com slash tickets, 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y. 502 City is the phone number to get your seats for that game. The next opportunity you have to watch Louisville City is coming up on Saturday. They are on the road at Hartford Athletic. We will have our coverage here on ESPN 680 and 105.7, 15 minutes before kickoff. And that is a 7 o'clock game on Saturday night uh for loose city against hartford uh one of the guys we would expect to see on the field in that game is joining us now on the phone manny perez louisville City's starting right back for the last couple of seasons he's in his second year at the club and he has really commanded that right back spot over the last year and a half he joins us now uh hey manny how you doing thanks for taking the time to chat with us
3: hey jeff how's it going uh thank you for having me here
2: uh, things are going good, man. Uh, really thrilled to talk to you. Um, l- let's just get your thoughts on on the season so far for Louisville City for you guys. Um, you- you've obviously been able to maintain the high level of success, um, and just you know, talk about the season and also uh, your most recent performance down at Indy or up at Indy, I guess it was.
3: Um, so far, I think uh, the season has been has been going pretty good. Uh, I think we've had some solid performances. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of the guys are returning from the roster last year, and also a lot of guys that have been he- here here throughout throughout the years, and also a couple of new faces. Um, I think we're all just uh, getting together, and and the chemistry is building slowly, um, but surely. Um, I think it's it's been a pretty solid start. Um, up and downs, but um, we're we're getting the ball rolling here, and and I think the new guys are integrating pretty well, and uh, and. Down in Indy, we had a good result, a good rivalry game, which was was, was good for us and a good momentum. Hopefully we keep, continue going forward and, and creating good results.
0: So you guys are off to Hartford next. they got some good attacking talent there, Elvis Deno and Antoine Hopinot to name a few. What are you guys expecting out of them?
3: Um, I mean, I think we're expecting it like any other game. Uh, we, we go into every game expecting a good challenge. Uh, there's a lot of quality players in the league this year. And uh, we can't take any team lightly, so we're going with the same mentality that we always go, go through every game, just kind of doing, trying to do our own thing, uh, possess the ball, and then, um, and hopefully we can, uh, we can get some good, good chances on goal.
2: Let's talk about you and your career because I think you have a very interesting resume when you look at it, and and also uh, I think an interesting story of how your career has transitioned since you've joined uh, Louisville City, um, notably that you've become a right back. Um, Uh, talk to us about that that situation for you had you played right back before um and and if not or if so how did danny cruz when you came to louisville city and signed with him prior to last season um how did he sell you on on coming here did he say hey we want you to come in and be right back or did did that develop over time or how how did that happen uh well it's
3: actually kind of kind of funny uh you mentioned that last year was my was my first official professional season as a right back i uh I first got introduced to right back when I was with the um, youth national team, uh, with the U.S. youth national team, and I, I was playing right back there. Um, wow. Kind of really then never never saw it again when I when I went to professional. Um, I, I was actually playing more as a, a, a winger. Um, so coming in, I kind of kind of was looking for that versi- versatility. Um, didn't really know what position or what role. I just was kind of gonna. gonna go in and and with the mentality of being versatile whether it will be a a midfielder a a defensive role or just kind of seeing what spot needed to be filled in and I think uh Danny uh trusted me as a right back and um I've learned a lot through the coaching staff and through my first professional season as a right back and I think it's I think it's fitting me pretty well so no, no complaints uh just filling in the gaps
0: yeah you seem to be uh be doing very well there and especially still showing a lot of your your offensive flair and making runs you don't have to be told to get pushed forward, which is kind of i guess a a trait of the the modern um right back so are you are you enjoying this transition or do you miss the uh the offensive life a little bit
3: um i mean I think it's pretty similar obviously uh with the mentality of defending first um i think uh i have uh Danny gives me a lot of freedom as a player um and to all of us um so having that freedom being able to go up and down and, and trusting that we get back on on defense on the defensive side um it's kind of a, a free role which uh I get to express myself and since I used to play as a winger I kinda know uh what to do once I get in the air, in the attacking areas um it's just kind of having that that double mindset of always getting back and defending um but that's pretty much pretty much the same role um just uh obviously uh being more defensive um and having that That mentality of defending first.
2: You know, one of the things about that 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 really catches my eye. It it seems from my perspective that you are so successful as a one on one defender, particularly when you go to the ground. I mean, it's it's crazy to me how often when you go in for a slide tackle that you're able to get the ball cleanly without fouling um, and without you know letting the player get by you. Um, And even in the box, even when you're defending your own penalty area, you go down to the ground. And I can't remember. I can't remember a time where you've given up a penalty when you, when you go to the ground. Uh, so just t- talk about that part of your game. Have you always been such a, such an effective player when you go in for a sliding challenge, or has that been something that you've grown into, or, or what? Because it just seems like, like, like I said, every time you go in for a sliding challenge, you're able to come through with the ball.
3: Um, I think as, it's just about a, a mentality thing. It's taking pride in uh, 1v1 duels, whether it's attacking or defensively. Um, I think it's uh something that our whole back line has, uh, aggressive players, uh, being able to get stuck in and challenges and kinda of just having that mentality of of no one's gonna get by me, uh and always gonna have our uh, my brothers back, my my teammates back. Um kinda of just uh that that's kind of giving me the the mindset of, of doing that defensively and, and offensively. So um, it's just taking pride in a, more of a mentality thing. Um
0: Your uh your on the field relationship with Brian Nobe down the right side looks really strong. How do you see that relationship and how were you guys able to click so easily after you came in last season?
3: Um it, it's uh it's fun playing with him. Um he's a smart player, um and we both we both obviously have, have pace. Um we we uh, we pick our we pick our moments uh, when to when one is going and when when the other one is staying. It's uh, just a lot of communication uh, off training as well in the locker room and just uh, just con- constantly uh, talking about our gameplay. I think it helps us a lot. Um, also, he, him being a, a smart player, uh, an experienced professional, he he helps me a lot um, in in the gameplay. So it works well.
2: Talking with Manny Perez, Louisville City's starting right back over the last season and a half or so since he joined the club last year. Um, That relationship is a really strong relationship. I also want to ask you about the relationship with with the guys along the back line because it seems like it's not not necessarily – through anybody's fault but it's been a little bit of a revolving door back there for you guys this year you've had injuries to Wes sharpie josh winder's been away on international duty uh the left back spot uh, opposite on the other side of the field has changed a couple of times with oscar jimenez filling in and amadou dia there as well um how is that back line shaping up obviously you got some some veterans like like yourself and sean tosh that have been around the block a few times now so just run me through that that back line defensively that you're a part of
3: i mean uh it's a very, very close group of individuals. Um, I, I mean, like I said, we, we, we take pride in our defending and, and getting shutouts. Um, I think it's like uh, five, five or six shutouts out of our 11 games. So, like, we take pride in that as well. Um, kind of like for the attackers, uh, attackers take pride in scoring goals, um, the center forwards and wingers we take pride in getting blocked shots and getting stuck in on tackles, uh, not getting beat one-on-one, um, having your brother's back, uh, going on the floor if you need to, is just having that, that mentality, that fight warrior mentality. Um, and it just feeds off on, on everyone. Um, I, I know for sure, uh, before I got here, I wasn't as a, uh, as an aggressive player defensively and kind of like, uh, the experienced guys that have been here for a while. They, uh, it just rubs off on you, you know? So, um, it's uh it's just one one collective group overall um we we just take pride in, in all the little things defensively
2: like i mentioned earlier i said that you had a very interesting resume um and i want to ask you about that a little bit go back a little bit further in your career uh, just to pick your brain about how it went down. Uh, you, you've you've got experience in Major League Soccer with Austin FC. Uh, you were signed with the Portland Timbers. And you also made uh, a big move to Europe where you signed with Celtic a few years back as a, as a younger player. Um, and obviously that move ultimately didn't really pan out. Um, and, and so many American guys, so many young kids, look at Josh Winder um you know he's been reportedly linked to a move to europe coming up sometime um so many young american guys want to go play in europe and they want to chase that dream of, of going to europe um so just just tell me i'm curious about how that situation unfolded how do you remember uh the move to celtic and just kind of how your career has has shaped up to this point
3: yeah um it's kind of uh like like in 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 anything in life there's obstacles you know so i uh Early on, I, I took the the challenge of going to play in Europe, and with a big club like Celtic, um, uh, it, it kind of was just a, a, a experience that that changed my my way of looking life, and has given me a, a stronger mentality. Um, going going over there so young, um, it, it taught me uh, to be away from home, to be away from family. It built a uh, mental toughness, and uh, and i went back on loan to uh, to north carolina fc uh, for the two years that i was signed with celtic and i uh continued developing there um as a as a winger and i was being i was coached under dave surrekin which uh was a has ties with the national team he helped me a lot develop as a young pro um then obviously i went to austin fc um where i was there playing there as a center forward um maybe not the best position that I could possibly play, but I, I took the role. I, I filled in the gap. I did what I was told. Um, and uh, which has brought me, brought me here to Lou city, which is a, a great organization. Obviously they have uh, a lot of connections. Um, uh, Danny's has experience in the MLS, uh, a lot of a lot of ties there. And obviously they're, they're great at developing young players. As you see uh, Josh, for example, and, and Jonathan Gomez, uh, just a few examples of of what Lou City is about, and what uh, the kind of system that they have going on here is, is great. Um, and uh, kind of Danny took me under his wing. He knows that uh, the struggles that and the obstacles that I faced in my career, um, and he just gave me the freedom as a player to express myself. And um, I'm very thankful for it. And I'm, I'm really finding myself developing in my in my uh, greatest form right now, currently.
0: Now, Manny, one of my favorite things to ask you guys when you come on the show is about uh, places you like around town. So, in your free time, what sort of places do you like to explore around town? Particularly, do you have any uh, food places, coffee joints, anything you're enjoying? Uh,
3: yeah. Um, I actually, I like, I like going to Hiney Bros. Uh, coffee Shop and Kudos Coffee. Uh, I, I, some of my, probably my favorite coffee spots. Um, I also uh it might be a surprise to you but i i love fishing so uh, oh. i've been i've been trying to i've been trying to find some fishing spots and maybe anyone if anyone knows of any spots i can i can go out to reach out please
0: <laughs> let's help manny wet alone yeah, guys there you send go him, yeah send him some recommendations
2: manny perez the fisherman there we go uh, and, I, yeah, I, I love and, that and
3: i i love fishing I, I i grew up fishing um and um I always do it on my downtime. I obviously, I'm from North Carolina, so I know all the spots. If anyone goes to North Carolina, I got you there. So, uh,
2: <laughs> so uh, the, you just need somebody uh, to I return the favor and the let you know here. the spot here. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Well, uh, uh, Manny, really, really enjoyed talking to you. Good luck the rest of the season. Certainly good luck coming up on Saturday at Hartford. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time.
3: So, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you having taking the time to have me on the show.
2: So that's Manny Perez, Louisville City's right back, a fisherman. We learn something new about these guys every time we talk to him. I love love it. I love when they share stuff like that. That's great. I
0: don't know if this is is a hot take or anything, but I feel like as far as like ooh and ah moments, he's probably one of the more exciting players that Louisville City's ever had. He he gets a lot of those very flashy moments, very fun to watch on the field. So I totally get why he has a ton of fans.
2: I mean, like I said, I think I cannot remember a time that he went in with a sliding tackle and didn't come away with the ball and very rarely fouls anybody. I mean and that's not you just don't see it that often where guys are that successful over and over and over and over again. And for a guy that like he said in Austin was a center forward, played as a winger most of his career, only moved to right back when he joined Louisville City last season to have that one-on-one defending ability. Uh I mean it's just it's really fun to watch. That's one of those things you talk about ooh and ah moments. Everybody ooze and aahs when the guys go forward and make dribble moves and dribble between a couple of guys, which he does very often, has great dribbling skill. But to me... His, his ability to win the ball defensively is oh, such yeah. a huge asset to this team.
0: Can I make a confession to you? Please. I didn't think he'd be here this year. I thought a bigger club would come and scoop him up. I think it's. I think we're very fortunate to keep somebody of his caliber.
2: I mean, it still might happen, you know? I mean, he's like, like we talked about, he's got that pedigree, right? He played at the MLS level. He obviously early in his career caught the eyes of Celtic, which for anybody listening out in their car in Louisville is like, well, what what the hell is Celtic? What are you guys talking about? It's one of the biggest clubs in Scotland. It's a huge club in Europe. Uh, they play, you know, they've got 50,000 fans in their stadium every night. They are, they are a humongous team. The firm derby. Exactly right. So so for him to be able to catch their eye and sign with them at a young age, he's obviously got tons and tons of talent. And he's still a young guy, so he, maybe he could. I, I, to your point, I think, uh, you know, we, we talk so much about Josh Winder going on to a bigger, better move over to Europe. Uh, Manny Perez could also be in for a move somewhere, whether it's Major League Soccer, whether it's Europe. I mean, he's got that kind of talent.
0: Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's he's a lot of fun on there. I'm very glad we have him part of the squad.
2: Before we talk about racing, we got a lot to talk about with Racing Louisville in the, in the final segment of the show. Uh, briefly for a couple of minutes. We haven't yet touched on Josh Winder and Jonathan Gomez. Manny Perez brought up both of those players. Uh, uh, Winder obviously still with Louisville City. Gomez, a former Louisville City player. The U-20 World Cup team, uh, they are doing really, really well. They won their first uh, knockout round game uh, most recently a couple of days ago against New Zealand. Uh, They're making a little run in this World Cup. I mean, I'm not saying they're the favorites by any stretch, but they could easily make a run to like the semifinal or the final right now, the way things are looking for the U.S. And
0: what's even better is that both in, both of them individually have uh, have caught social media's attention for for various reasons. Jonathan Gomez with a, a late game winning goal at one point, and Josh attempted uh, an out, outrageous scissor kick yeah. at one point in the game, didn't go in, but it was still still enough to generate some buzz online.
2: Yeah, and, and both have played regularly. Both have been starters. Winder, I think, started three of the four games so far. Gomez has started at least three of the four games so far. And as you mentioned, he scored a spectacular goal in the opening group stage game to give, uh, give uh, the U.S. a win. And for, for Josh Winder to be a regular player and starting for this team, he's playing a little bit in a different position, I noticed. They're playing like a back three, and he's playing as the leftmost of the back three, uh, which is a good experience for him to get a little yeah, bit of yeah, change like of shape, a change of, a change of look. Uh, but, yeah, both of these guys, I, this is the – when Louisville City fans saw that they were in the U-20 World Cup squad, this is what you would have hoped to have seen, right? And, and speaking of different positions, Jonathan Gomez has been playing as a right winger also. Uh, very interesting to see. Uh, but this is what you wanted to see. Two guys with Louisville City on the resume, one of which is a current Louisville City player, heading to the international stage, contributing in a big, big way to a successful U.S. team that is making a run in the tournament. This is exactly what Louisville City fans hope to see when this thing started.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is just um, some great experience for him, very much putting him... I'm gonna say in the shop window because I kind of feel like maybe behind the scenes things have already kind of wrapped up there. Yeah, but, but he kind of is
2: though, right? I mean, I, you're right. You're right. The reports, the reports indicate that the the deal to Benfica for Josh Winder is is signed and done with, right? And they probably agreed to terms. But it never hurts to have your guy go perform on the international stage and play well like Josh Winder has. So maybe if if you're Louisville City, maybe you go back to the the negotiating table and say, hey. Our guy started three out of four games at the World Cup. Maybe we'll start uh, a fourth game here coming up. Uh, played really well. You know, maybe maybe he's worth a little more money. Maybe he's worth a little more scratch. I mean, the reports were $1.5 million. Maybe that, who knows, they might go up a little bit. Maybe
0: you can loan him back to us for the rest of the season.
2: <laughs> that too, possibly. That's always a possible move. We'll see how that yeah. goes. Uh, the USU-20s, they are in action on Sunday. That is June 4th, just in a couple days' time. Sunday evening, 5 o'clock. And this will be a big test. They're taking on Uruguay. Uh, we know what kind of pedigree they have. They produce young players all the time. Many of them are coming to MLS these days, Uruguayan young players. Um, but that's a very talented nation soccer-wise, and I would expect a very talented U-20 team. So that'll be a, a big test uh, for the U.S. Because while they've succeeded so far, they haven't necessarily played a lot of blue bloods. They beat Ecuador on a late goal. They walked over Fiji. Their knockout round game was against New Zealand. Nothing against New Zealand, but they're not exactly a blue blood in soccer. Uruguay is. Uh, so, this will be a fun game for the U20s and see what they're really made of uh, in this quarterfinal. They're already in the quarterfinal stage. Isn't it wild to say? And they, they're already wow. there. So, one more win gets the U.S. into the semifinal. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. So, that's coming up on Sunday. Uh, Josh Winder, Jonathan Gomez, both involved, both playing significant minutes for that U.S. U20 team. Uh, racing Louisville, they are, they continue to win. They won last night. We'll talk about their victory over Chicago. What does it mean? Does it bode well for them heading into their game on Saturday at Washington? We'll talk all about that. Racing Louisville when we come back. Soccer City here on ESPN 680
1: 105.7. You're locked on Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman.
2: Welcome back. It is our final segment of the night here on Soccer City. Again, every Thursday night at 6 o'clock is when we hit the airwaves here on ESPN 681057 and the ESPN Louisville app. And of course, if you miss the show ever or if your friends aren't listening and you want them to because we're just such good hangs, uh, the podcast will be online. Uh, We will post it to our social media at Soccer City Radio on Twitter and it'll be available on the uh, ESPNLouisville.com website as well. Uh, Benton, We've talked so much about Lou City, uh, obviously, because uh, we had Manny Perez on as a guest. And what a great guest he was. A a terrific interview there. Um, We've yet to talk about racing Louisville. And there's so very much to talk about with this team. They just played last night. They're coming off of a 2 nothing win over Chicago last night in the Challenge Cup. Uh, that's the side tournament in the NWL, so this doesn't quite count to the regular season standings, but it does position them uh, now to make a little run in the Challenge Cup. It's split into groups. The winners of the groups will advance to the semifinal stage and then the final, and there is a million-dollar prize on the line um, for the teams that make those deep runs. I believe the semifinalists get a chunk of the change of that million-dollar prize in the Challenge Cup. So for a team in racing Louisville that has yet to establish themselves as a winner over their two years now into year three in the in the NWSL uh, a young team a young core that is growing day by day by day game by game a win is always a good thing at this stage in this team's development. And uh, they, they put on a good performance last night up in Chicago. I mean, Chicago's a bad team. Let's just be honest. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the league right now. Uh, but racing went up there and took care of business. Looks comfortable. This is the most comfortable win I can remember them ever having. They did not look threatened once, really. I know Katie Lund made a couple of saves. There were a couple of moments in that game uh, that were a little bit threatening. But by and large... For The vast majority of the game racing Louisville was in control. And that's not been something that we can say throughout their history very often so far, that they've been in, been in control for a full game and go on to win it.
0: Yeah, I mean, despite the opposition, I mean, they looked outstanding and I'm thrilled about it. I mean, especially considering there's a little bit of rotation in the team. Alex Chidiak, who hasn't been a regular starter, got in. Um, Picky Yamsa, she was also in the mix as well. No DeMello, no problem.
2: Yeah, no DeMello, no Pickett in the starting lineup as well. Uh, Rebecca Holloway got the start at left back. So uh, a couple of changes there. That's good to see as well for Racing Louisville, for head coach Kim Bjorkergren to be making those switches in the lineup because it's a busy time for them right now. They were on the road at Chicago. They're going to be on the road again at Washington on Saturday, uh, Saturday night for that game. Uh, Washington, a very talented team. We all know Trinity Rodman, one of the one of the brightest stars in the game, uh, an elite young talent. So that'll be a good test. And and uh, it, it'll be an important test as well for racing Louisville because they've won four games now over the course of this season between both competitions. But, Benton, they've yet to beat a team not named Kansas City or Chicago, believe it or not. They've beaten each of them in the regular season. Actually, not uh, they haven't beat Chicago yet in the regular season. They beat Chicago twice in the Challenge Cup and Kansas City once in the Challenge Cup and uh the regular season if i'm not mistaken uh, i'll double check when i hand it off to you here but uh they've yet to beat somebody who's not named kansas city or chicago those are two teams at the bottom of the standings in the league uh so th- there's still something out there to prove for this team despite the winning waves of recent weeks
0: yeah i mean you gotta start somewhere we've we, i mean i've talked about this i feel like ad nauseum the, the fact that we have a lot of new players on the team and the chemistry is still very much coming together so these are very these were Good opportunities for that cohesion to really start to come together and showcase what this team team can do. Now they got some bigger tests coming up for them. You know, they're going away to Washington. Then we have San Diego at home. Going to be tougher challenges and bigger ask. But um, but again, how this team is performing? If they can pull out those kind of performances. I see no reason why they can't be competitive and and, and in the mix for a win there.
2: Absolutely, and and to clean up my mistake there, they have beaten each of Chicago and Kansas City once each in regular season play and Challenge Cup play to this point for those four wins that they have over the course of the season so far, all coming in the last couple of weeks. Um, One of those performances last night... Uchenna Kanu, uh, one of the big signings in the offseason. We talked about her earlier in the year. Uh, The Nigerian International came over from Tigres in Mexico, where she was a phenomenal goal scorer for them. Uh, A really talented player came over for a reported fee of $150,000, which is a lot of money in the NWSL. Um... She has struggled a little bit to acclimate, I, I think, to the NWSL. And she talked about that last night after the game a little bit when uh, she spoke to reporters, just about that it's such a transitional league. It's such a fast league. You don't really have a lot of time to think on the ball. You don't have a lot of time to make decisions. you got to be quick as soon as the ball touches your feet. She hadn't, hadn't scored yet this year. And for a player who came over in a big move in the offseason, a big money move in the offseason, made a lot of headlines um, when she made that, that move to Louisville, uh, for her not to score, it was a little bit of, uh, you know, it was starting to become a little bit of a, a storyline, I think, if she had gone a few more games, we'd probably be sitting here talking about, when is a Chinookanoo going to canoe score for this team? But she she got that off her back last night. A really tidy first-time finish with a right foot in the first half, passed Alyssa Nair, who's going to be the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. in the World Cup, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Uh, beat her at the near post, which is always uh, something that's, that's nice to see for an attacking player. Uh, but just great to see her get on the score sheet. Great to see her have a good performance for this Louisville team.
0: I actually had to double check and make sure that was her first goal. I'm like, she a- like, surely scored by now, right?
2: Right, Right. she's had good moments, right? She's had moments where she... And her talent is evident whenever she gets on the ball. She's got great speed, great skill, can take players on the dribble, but hasn't scored yet.
0: Yeah, I mean... Anytime a player joins a new team, there's always going to be a level of acclimation, right? And I think that's only, uh, only amplified when you're coming from a whole other country, a whole different league. And this goes even beyond the pitch as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the more that she gets settled both on and off the pitch, the more we're going to be able to see her best self on there. So I'm hoping that her performance in Chicago can carry over to the performances and uh, against the Spirit and then following that San Diego here back at home. I was here at score at home set those lights off
2: that's right yeah set the lights off that uh, that are so so well loved across the league um Another good performance last night, and we, we should continue to, to sing her praises. Savannah DeMello, we mentioned she didn't start. She came on off the bench uh, late on about the last 30 minutes or so, uh, which, again, is good to see some squad rotation in this team, especially in the Challenge Cup. Uh, but she made another goal contribution. She had the assist on Parker Gowen's goal uh, late on in the game that sealed it, made it 2-0. And Savannah DeMello now has eight goal contributions. This is according to Opta, the, the stat uh, company. Eight goal contributions, which is it's not a big stat to count but anyway giving them credit uh eight goal contributions in all competitions whether it's the regular season or the challenge cup since mid-april that's five goals and three assists since mid-april so that's less than a well a little over a month a month and a half and she has eight goal contributions Uh, a player who again is knocking on the door to that World Cup squad. Meg Linehan of The Athletic, who is arguably the biggest writer about the NWSL, um, <laughs> maybe to the chagrin of some people. Um, she tweeted, uh, I believe it was today, she tweeted that, hey, Savannah DeMello, really close to getting called into that World Cup camp uh, this summer. And her stats don't lie. She has been one of the best teams in women's soccer over the last month and a half. Uh, and she put it on display again tonight, coming off the bench and, and getting a goal contribution with an assist.
0: is going to have a little bit of a revolt here if he doesn't put her in that lineup. We're all going to be a little, little upset with him.
2: I mean, but she deserves it, doesn't she? Oh, absolutely. That's why we would be upset. I mean, just such a phenomenal player, uh, Savannah Demello continues to produce. That 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 was the big thing, right? We saw last year with her in her rookie season; she had flashes of brilliance, uh, little moments that made you say she should be the rookie of the year. Maybe she ended up not being, um, and it, to me, it came down to just a lack of consistent. Uh, production in terms of goal scoring, in terms of assists, that has changed this year. She has taken a huge step forward. Um, she scored four goals all year last year. Now has five across both competitions uh, to this point in the season. It's just now June. Um, uh, she just continues to impress so much. And what a what a coup that would be for Racing Louisville to have her in the World Cup. Uh, we thought we would have it with Emily Fox. That trade happens in the off season. Ends that thought. But this one would feel a little bit more, to me, a little bit more homegrown for racing Louisville because DeMello was not considered to be that kind of player. Uh, when they drafted her out of USC. She was thought as a very talented player. She was the fourth overall pick. Obviously, you've got to be talented to be that high in the draft. But she had not been capped by the U.S. Uh, women yet. Emily Fox sort of was anointed as the, the heir apparent at fullback. She was going to be one of the starting fullbacks. Just That's the way her career went. She had been tabbed early as, as a, a bright star for the future. Whereas Savannah DeMello, I think, has come in into the NWSL with racing and established herself in that conversation. And to me, that's why if she does get called up this summer... Uh, it, it, it's, it should be a hugely prideful moment for Racing Louisville.
0: I agree, but I think the one caveat you have to add in there is that she fell to fourth because of an injury. She might, I mean, there's a very good case that she could have been one of those top three selections if she you know, wasn't ending her collegiate career injured. But to your point, she was not kind of, a, you know, a air quote, a shoo in the, in the national team picture, and she's kind of worked her way into it. So the homegrown feel, totally
2: get it. Anybody else stand out to you from last night, any other, or just over the last couple of weeks for racing? Yeah, I
0: don't I don't want to gloss over Parker Goins and yeah. her, her goal scoring. I think she's very much a player with a high ceiling. I'm glad that she's she's finding minutes and taking advantage of those minutes as well. We have a lot of attacking talent on this team, and I feel like a lot of these players are, are showing up, and I'm glad she's she's absolutely in that mix. So I'm excited to see how she continues to develop and how she continues to earn minutes. So shout out to her. That was a fun little lobbed uh, header there. Absolutely perfect. Not too high, not too low, right where it needed to be against an outstanding goalkeeper.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, the the placement was perfect right in that top corner. Just one of those looping headers, but she was able to get it perfectly under the bar. She said uh, after the game to reporters that when it came off her head, she thought it was going to be over the bar, but nope, it was perfectly placed in that top corner uh, for a really terrific goal. And the, the, the point you make bringing her up um, the center forward position is suddenly becoming a very competitive position for racing Louisville. Ushina Kanu can play there. She can also play out wide. We've seen her play both places. She scores last night. Uh, Kirsten Davis has scored a couple of times this season, a second-year player. Parker Goen, same story. That was her second goal last night. Uh, suddenly, that center forward spot is becoming a very competitive spot for racing Louisville. We know how many talented wingers they have. Uh, how many talented midfielders they have. But that center forward spot is a little bit of a question mark who is going to take that job and, and, and run with it. And it's good to see that that seemingly to this point in the year, whoever they put up there can can contribute and can score. I mean, that, that's, that's great to see for racing.
0: Yeah, competition brings out the best. And, um, and it seems like uh, Goins is, is certainly doing her part to keep her name in that picture.
2: Uh, so racing coming up uh against Washington uh this Saturday. That is their next opportunity to play. That is an eight o'clock kickoff, so an hour after Lose City. We got another uh another double header that you're not gonna be able to watch both games at the same time unless you got two screens going, uh which is always a little bit frustrating for for Lou City and racing fans.
0: I mean it's it's better that they're both on TV and it's uh I, you know it stinks when Indies uh you know so close, people could travel to right. it at home for, and that would very much divide things. It's it's a little more manageable to you know pull two browser windows up, or That's right. however you operate.
2: As opposed to being stuck at the stadium, checking your phone for the score of the other game, or, or, or in your case, being up at Indy and checking the score oh, yeah, of, of the racing game last week. Refreshing my yeah.
0: phone and the car ride home.
2: Yeah. Uh, but that's 8 o'clock on Saturday night at Audi Field against the Washington Spirit. You can watch it on Paramount+. Plus. As we mentioned, the next opportunity to see racing Louisville at home. It's next Friday night, the night before Lue City, so you got a double uh, back-to-back games next weekend at Lynn Family Stadium to look forward to. It's against the San Diego Wave. And if you don't know anything about the San Diego Wave, i got uh, one name for you. Alex Morgan. Anybody, everybody knows her name. Uh, One of the most famous soccer players in the world. She is the star for San Diego. They are coming to town next Friday night. racingloufccom slash tickets or 502-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y to check that game out. Um, that game will be a little bit more important, or at least the buzz around it will be a little bit higher. I'll say they're all important, right? They're always three points. But that the buzz around that game will, will, will be a little bit more if racing can go on the road Saturday against Washington and come up with a big result. Washington is a team that has uh, been pretty good this year. They're in the top five. They're currently fifth in the standings through nine games played. They've got 16 points. They are tied with... Uh, Really, actually, technically, they're tied for second if you want to look at it that way. Portland, OL Rain, San Diego, and Washington all even on 16 points through nine games played. A very talented team. Uh, We talked about Trinity Rodman, uh, Ashley Hatch, another sensational player for them. Uh, They are a very good squad. This will be a a, a big test for racing, Louisville. We mentioned they've they've fed off the bottom feeders. Kansas City and Chicago are the two last-place teams in the league. They've beaten each of them twice. Now they need to prove... That they can not just beat the teams they're supposed to beat, but maybe come up and be competitive with the teams that are ahead of them in the standings. That's the big task for racing Louisville on Saturday.
0: Yeah, these are the kind of wins that you have to make if you want to more comfortably enter the playoff picture, right? Right now, we're a few points lagging, so there's a gap that we need to make up. And these are the kind of kind of matches to do it. Like you said, we're, we're starting to take advantage of some of these quote-unquote bottom feeders, some of these, these, these lesser teams, these underperforming teams. But San Diego and Washington, like... We got to try to get some points. I'd like to see at least you know, four points between the two matches.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's a good thought, right? Four points between the two. Uh, that, that would be an excellent return on, on, on these two games. Going on the road is always going to be difficult, yeah. um, especially to Washington. They've had great crowds this year. They've moved into Audi Field, which is the MLS stadium built for D.C. United. Uh, Washington, over the last couple of years, it kind of bounced around the area a little bit. They played in Virginia some. Uh, now they're they're secured in D.C., in the district, at Audi Field. A couple of weeks ago, they had a crowd of, uh, I want to say, it was something like, like 11,000 for a game uh, for them there. So it'll be a really great crowd again, I would expect, on Saturday night. So a hostile environment for Racing Louisville to go into. Um, And if they get out of there with a point, I think that's a success but then turn around against San Diego and make Lynn Family Stadium your fortress, right? That's the phrase we hear so often. Make it a hard place to come and play. So, uh, yeah, it, it, to your point, if racing can get four points out of these next two games, that would be a huge statement, I think, to the rest of the league, that this team is here, this team is going to be a contender, and this is a team not to be, uh, not to be forgotten about.
0: It's a long flight from California to Kentucky. Let's make sure it's a sad one on the return trip. <laughs> I
2: like it. All right. Uh, Racing Louisville Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Lou City Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And both teams in action at home. Next weekend, a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back night of soccer at Lynn Family Stadium. Uh, you want to go to loucity.com slash tickets or racingloufc.com slash tickets to get your seats. Soccer City every Thursday night at 6 o'clock here on ESPN 681057. He's Benton. I'm Jeff. Zach has been the producer. Thanks, so much. We will talk to you next week.
0: Vamos, Esperatus.
3: Metro
2: College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did.